Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A lot going on. Did you know uh, climate change is to blame for the hurricane in uh, Florida? Yeah, you got Hurricane Adalia making landfall this morning in Florida, in the Big Bend region of Florida, uh, which is certainly rare. Uh, you know, they, But again, the, the, the reliable records maybe go back 150 years, something like that. Mm-hmm. So, and certainly records in general only go back to like 1851 or something like that. But yeah, this is a, it's a big deal. Obviously a hurricane making landfall is a frightening prospect. It seems like the state of Florida is ready to go, uh, ready to respond to the disaster as it unfolds today. Uh, it's hearing that already there have been a hundred thousand people with their power turned back on. Like, yeah, well, you know, you're talking about it getting lowered as far as the level Mm -hmm. yeah and the climate nuts are disappointed yeah yeah they actually kind of are because it looked for a minute like it was going to make landfall as a category four then it dropped down to a category three which is still technically a major hurricane it's bad Mm -hmm. Uh, nobody's disputing that Uh, but yeah they were really hoping for that category four storm to really hit and be like this is it this is climate change and you know, now they're they're still leaning on that pretty heavily right now. I don't know if you saw CNN's Abby Phillip and Bill Weir talking No, there's about no chance it. I saw it. No. Okay, well, I, <laughs> I guarantee you. But I know that you were going to bring it to the show. That's, <laughs> I, I don't watch it. I can't take it. But, but I knew I'd hear the audio. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. Uh, let's roll it. Okay, roll it. Okay, we roll it. Is there anything that can be done to protect them going forward? That's an amazing question. It's the biggest sort of trillion dollar question about how you adapt communities like this to the world that we're already now living in at the same time trying to mitigate further more wicked storms down the road with more fossil fuel pollution. It's the double bind of these sort of oil economies in places like this where they they have that as a as an income stream, but also the cost of it is becoming bigger. Can you tell me what he just said, David? I, I don't even know. Well, which part? The fossil fuels the and rambling. Oh, yeah, because yeah. Uh, because I drive a pickup truck, I'm to blame for the hurricane. You really take a step back and, and, and just analyze it. What they're actually arguing is that there is something that government can do with tax dollars to control the weather. Like, I know a hurricane hitting this portion of Florida is rare, but certainly not impossible, and it's, I, you know, I, it's it's terrible. But it just it's it's one of those things. What what he's actually saying is, well, you know, they got drilling in the Gulf of Mexico. We've been warning these people for years that something like this could happen, and now something like this has happened. Maybe they'll change their evil ways and let us control the weather. I almost before that clip made a joke about how they were going to link it to white supremacy with Ron DeSantis. <laughs> but that's not too far off. No. <laughs> well, you fossil fuels, you whiteies are using all this, and you're burning up the earth. Oh! 
By the way, I just saw another story today. More than 1,600 scientists, including two Nobel laureates, have declared the climate emergency a myth. It's time to discredit those two right now. Well, that would still mean there's 1,598 other scientists that say, okay, Mm -hmm. there might be something with temperature change over time, but the climate emergency is an absolute myth. Do you see where Joe Biden said he can empathize with these people? His basement flooded once. (laughs) I hadn't, but I know that's coming, yes. Okay, go ahead, the rest of the CNN nonsense. Bigger with every storm. Uh, Science has been warning about this for a very long time. In many ways, it's been predicted. It's the speed that we're seeing these changes that has taken most folks by surprise. Yeah, very much so. That is in opposition of, I don't know, fact. Yeah. Well, yeah, and all, all, all of that. They So... What happens is a whole lot of the jargon gets jumbled by the time it reaches the idiots on cable news. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sitting here saying, I am the expert. I'm just a dude who can read. And yep. I like to, I, I want to be as informed as possible. And, and in this particular case, one of the things that you have, yes, we've had very warm temperatures this year, uh, partially fueled by a uh, little thing called El Nino. Also, you have the whole supermoon happening right now, which can raise the tide levels and whatnot, which makes the storm surge bigger, all of that. Um, And then when you hear from people at the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration talking about this, uh, when when they're mentioning storm surges being bigger due to global warming, they're talking about the ocean levels being higher. Mm -hmm. You're not talking about necessarily fueling bigger or more frequent storms you're talking about the risk of the storm surge which is devastating uh being uh more severe if the ocean temperature of the warm. ocean waters yeah and if you stick your foot in you're gonna burn your foot right <laughs> it's basically <laughs> lava that's washing up on, right. on shore right, right now yeah, yeah. yes yeah, people that are blowing glass yeah. Again. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we'll get more into the other story about all the scientists later. Vivek uh, Ramaswamy with Andrea Mitchell talking about climate change. That was a doozy. Ooh, man. We'll get to that a little bit later. Um, okay. Let's switch to the border here. This is troubling. And this, you talk about being predicted. This was predicted. And now you're seeing another example of it. Yeah. An ISIS affiliated individual was busted sneaking people into the country illegally. That, that's, that's very troubling. Yes. Obviously. Uh, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre had this to say about it when asked about it by uh, Fox News' Peter Ducey. Mm-hmm. Are you saying that you know where all of the people this ISIS sympathizer snuck into the country are? If I can answer the question, I'm sure I'll touch on every everything that you want to ask me. So, again. Oh, really? In- Intelligence alerted us of this human human uh, smuggling network. We believe and we move fastly and we successfully disrupted it. So let's be very clear about that. And we are grateful. We are very grateful to the law enforcement for their quick work and their vigilance on this. Now, to your other part of the question, smugglers have been detained overseas, including one linked to the foreign terrorist uh, organization. Uh, no sign, there is no sign that any anyone moved by the smuggling network has terrorism connections, so I want to be clear there as well. But we don't know where they are. Yeah. Which was the but, question. But also, what does that even mean? There's no sign there's any connection to ISIS. I mean... There's literally a connection to ISIS if you have an ISIS sympathizer orchestrating their entry into the country illegally. It's like a contractor. Right. I mean, I mean what? 
Is it is, is this it, when it comes to human smuggling? Is it I don't know. Is it is it like renting a car from the airport? You you go to the Avis guy. Uh, they don't have anything in stock. You go to the Alamo guy. No, nah, they don't have anything in stock. Try Boko Haram. They might have what you need. Nope, they're out. All right, we'll go with ISIS. <laughs> it doesn't really make any sense. No, it doesn't make any sense. And we're confident that, you know, this wasn't because what we took their word for it. How? Right. And you don't, the people that got in, you don't know where they are. <laughs> so, yeah, that's absolutely troubling. And it's not like the administration's always been honest. So you always have this question in your mind, what does that actually mean? And not to mention how many times we've talked about, since there's been millions pouring across the border, how many gotaways there's been that were on the terror watch list. And it's like we just go on every day in the news media that doesn't give a flip because they've got their own agenda. No idea when that could just pop up. We don't know. ISIS, when you need to be smuggled today. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, uh, the president seems to be getting worse as far as cognitive decline. I don't know what he was talking about. He's mixing up stories, and no one seems to call him out on this. This was crazy. Yeah, uh, Joe Biden tried to talk about the racist murders in Jacksonville that happened earlier this week, and boy, he got all sorts of turned around on this. Yes, he did. And so we have to act against this hate fuel violence and just saw what's happening. But by the way, almost five years to the day that five young blacks were killed in Jacksonville five years earlier at, the, at, a, at a gun at a gun shop, a store there doing the, um, kids' toys. Um, and uh, hold, know, hold on a second. On Let's just stop right there. Hmm. He's like, okay, yeah, anniversary, five blacks killed. This well, gun shop or toy store, whatever. People are like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And from what I understand, maybe he was referencing when there was the shooting at the video game tournament. Yeah. That the maybe that's what he was getting at. Yeah, at the Jacksonville landing. Well, that was one. White guy shot and killed. One black guy shot and killed. Not five blacks. No. And it was at a pizza place from this tournament. It wasn't a toy store or a gun shop. No, it wasn't. And it, yeah, and it wasn't, I, I don't know if, did he reference it being racially motivated or something? I mean, it wasn't. But he linked it together because right before he said that, right. he mentioned again, uh, white supremacy is the greatest threat we face as a democracy. Yeah. And see, this has happened again. Like, all these white supremacists are out just gunning down black people. And the other part, if you saw the video when this was happening, you know who's sitting right to his left? Al Sharpton. Yeah, right. And so with every detail, as he's saying, and it was the the the, uh, the, the toy store and five blacks killed, Sharpton's nodding his head, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are you freaking joking me? Is this anywhere legacy news today? No. Of course not. The president's melting down in front of our eyes, telling stories that don't exist, and no one gives a flip, man. Well, I mean, I'll say this. At least he didn't say that he was there and rescued people. Right. Okay, so that's improvement. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, man, we're only 20 seconds into this, like, 47-second clip oh, of rambling. Oh, there's 20 more seconds oh, yeah. of this? Um, and, uh, like, you know, 
and we have to speak out that uh, there's a whole group of extreme people trying to erase history, trying to walk away from it. I mean, the idea that we're sitting here, I never thought that I'd be president, let alone be president, and having a discussion on why books are being banned in American schools. And, uh, you know, as administration, we're going to continue to march forward. Okay, walking away from history. So he's taking this, then to also say what? Uh, Ron DeSantis and the education in Florida, they're trying to erase black history. Is that where he's going with that? Because that's nonsense. I, I guess so. Yeah. And then if I could throw in a little LGBTQ stuff with the crazy books that people are trying to get out of the schools, banning books. Holy smokes, man. And now the big question is, is this dude going to make it another 18 months? There's no way. Yeah. I don't we'll think, get I don't more think into there's that a, because there, there's no way. There is a really interesting theory as to what is going to happen over the next six months. We can get to that a little bit later. Golly. Uh, something else we got to hit. Um, you know all those late night hosts right now because of the writer's strike? They got no show. God, these are so- they want to fight for the forces of good. <laughs> so they've made a decision together. Uh, we will get to that. And a story of a kid owning a teacher. It's great. Straight ahead right here. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so this kid was told, hey, you can't have that patch on your backpack. Not in this classroom. We got rules. Yeah, we we touched on this briefly, and there's a great update here. But uh, to set the stage here, there's a 12-year-old boy named Jaden who got taken out of his classroom in Colorado Springs because his backpack had a Gadsden flag patch on it, Uh, the don't tread on me thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, His mom stopped by the school on the day it happened, and she secretly recorded the conversation that she had. Her, Her son is sitting there next to her, and then next to him is the school administrator, Talking about the problematic patch. Yes, this is something. So there, um, the reason that they do not want the flag, the reason we do not want the flag display, is due to its origins with the slavery and slave trade. Yeah, it has nothing. To- uh, well, what the, the hell? What? <laughs> yeah, it has, what? It That's the nothing. argument? Yeah. Yes, as many people have pointed out, the kid's smarter than the teacher. Yeah. And then the mom comes in. Yeah, it has nothing to do with slavery. That's like the Revolutionary War patch that was displayed when they were fighting the British. Like, that wasn't, that's the revolution. Maybe you're thinking of, like, the the Confederate flag. (laughs) Okay, I, so... I am here to enforce the policy that was provided. It gets a little jumbled there, but you can hear the mom saying, is there a history teacher who could come in? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, then the district sent the rationale and email exchange was posted. Uh, It came in the form of news articles from the Washington Post and the Oregonian and the left-wing blog The Conversation, all of which claimed that it was a symbol of white supremacy. (laughs) And it's because the also radical left-wing group, the Southern Poverty Law Center, said, well, this has actually uh, been adopted by white supremacist organizations. And And I'm sitting here going, even if you believe that to be true, so what? These people, the okay, the numbskulls who are like wannabe militia men to fight for white supremacy or whatever, 
they don't get to co-opt American symbols. They don't get Correct. to do it. Okay? Right. We, we've had this long conversation about how groups like al-Qaeda and ISIS don't represent the larger majority of Islam, right? Yeah. So, so why is it that we're supposed to, like, quiver in fear whenever we see a, a symbol of American history and pride? Because that's what the Marxists in the United States want you to believe. Right. Or the OK hand signal. Remember that? Yeah. Donald oh, Trump, yeah. Donald Trump was sending secret <laughs> hand signals to white supremacists when he did the OK hand gesture. Yes. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. But these basement dwelling neck beard weirdos don't get to define reality for the rest of us. All right. Yes. Uh, Gosh. Now, the particular violation that was cited, though, in terms of like school code was that the patch referred to, quote, drugs, tobacco, alcohol, or weapons. Right. Wow. Yeah. Well, now the wow. Vanguard School uh, School Board of Directors has said, never mind, you can keep the patch on. Said, we, yeah, they went through it and then yeah. sent it out, and yep, you're okay. Yeah, you're good. All right, yep. Just want this to go away now. But I watched that video, and it goes on, and that administrator just keeps saying, I'm here to enforce the policy put forth by the board by the district mm -hmm. yeah she looks like a moron yeah boy oh yeah i mean that's a google search <laughs> really i mean it's yes. a freaking google well, search yeah. that's the problem though if you do a google search you wind up with left-wing ideology being poured down your throat because of google yeah, yeah. i mean uh, and Better so go, yeah. duck, duck, go okay <laughs> just pick one right <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you got to get to the story about the late night hosts. Oh yeah, America so, needs them more than this ever. This is the crazy. Yeah, so, okay. so a lot of these shows have been off the air because of the big Hollywood writer strike that's been going on, and apparently now, Seth Meyers, Stephen Colbert, John Oliver, Jimmy Fallon, and Jimmy Kimmel are swooping in for the rescue, and they're doing a podcast. Oh, okay. Because I'll tell you, the world needs more podcasts. And it's called what? The Unmanly Men? It's it's called Strive Force 5. <laughs> Insufferable dorks. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Yes. All right. The Barkley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the Millennial David Van Camp, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Americans are expected to spend more on food through the rest of 2023 and into 2024 as prices continue to rise. Wait a minute. Yeah. No. Wait. But, but the Inflation Reduction Act and... Yeah. Bidenomics. Bidenomics, right? Everybody is everybody's doing great. That's what the White House keeps telling us. Bidenomics is working. Yeah. Yeah, I, well, that's not what the actual data says. Well, to, to quote the, uh, the, the, the great Brian Deese, who used to be one of the top economists in the White House, if you take out chicken uh, or just poultry in general, uh, pork and beef prices beef. and eggs and milk, then food prices are pretty much in line with historical norms. Sure. Yeah. Just even though you're spending more and you see it, just pretend you're not. Yeah. yeah. If you just eat nothing but pop tarts, you're fine. Right. Okay. That, that, but but that's actually what he argued a couple of years. I know. Ago. I know. Yes, you know take that's out true. The, if you take out the things that people eat, <laughs> then food prices aren't that bad. God. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yes. to make that argument sober yeah, is right. crazy. <laughs> It's great. <laughs> well, you're paying less at the pump, too. No. If you just go with 
half your tank to fill up instead of the whole thing, right. you're spending less. Do you Listen, really need a full tank? Do you really need a full tank? If, huh? if you just eat lentils and crickets, you'd be fine. <laughs> well, yeah. So, yes, now this is a recent analysis from the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Economic Research Service. I don't know if we can trust them. They're white supremacists. Oh, yeah. Because uh, is isn't everybody. Uh, but, yes, food prices will remain elevated for the remainder of this year into 2024. And the increases for the rest of this year projected to be higher than average. Okay. So that's the fact. Got it. And then we could go through with the percentage of everything that's up, but I think you kind of get... Well, if you've been shopping, picture. you've been in the store at all, you you know this, yeah. Yes. Everybody knows that. Okay. Man, oh, man. You know, we were mentioning Biden earlier and the statement he made yesterday um, talking about white supremacy, and then he starts rambling into this nonsensical take. I mean, it's not the first time, but my question is this. Is it getting worse, like over the last, say, four months? Yeah. Do you think? Yes. Okay. I don't think you're alone in that. Bipartisan okay. again, which <laughs> you know, just that's just one of the favorites. Whatever he was trying no, to say I have there. No idea. Um. But Victor Davis Hanson, Hoover Institute. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's been on Tucker. I don't know how many times. Uh, he just a very common sense sort of historian to me, and. I look at this guy, whenever he speaks, I want to know what he has to say. Oh, yeah. Or if I see a written piece from him, I want to read it. Because I don't know when I've ever read anything where he was wrong. And he does it in such a calm manner, especially when you hear him speak. He doesn't freak out like I can do sometimes and like just get frustrated. He's not one of those people. Just very matter-of-factly goes through what he sees in, from, in yeah. front of him. Can be factual or give opinion. And he's on Megyn Kelly's show. And he's talking about Joe Biden and what he's noticed. And he thinks, and he'll tell you he's not a doctor, but he thinks there's three things going on. See if you agree. Well, you know what? He's failing at a geometric, not an arithmetic rate. And I think what I mean by that is each week, it's not just seven days worse. It's 21 days worse. And there's three things going on with him. One is... I don't know if it's congestive heart. I'm not a doctor, obviously, and shouldn't even be speculating, but he he slurs his words, so his delivery is incomprehensible. And that's separate from the cognitive problems where he rambles or he can't read off a teleprompter or he goes into wild thing. But the third is even more disturbing, and that is he has lost all of the veneer or the breaks that most people have that when they have an impulse to speak, then they don't speak because they have some social awareness. And he doesn't have it. He goes None. on to talk about that. And wow. do you think that's right? Yes, absolutely. It sounds I, like it. I mean, he's taking it a step further. Uh, I mean, you know, he's he used a word I've never heard before. He could do that. He's a pretty yeah. smart guy. Yeah. Um, and I don't think he tries to do that. I think that's just who Victor Davis Hanson is. Oh, yeah. Is. He's not trying to be a smart aleck. He just, yeah. Yeah. He also says he doesn't think he's going to make it. Really doesn't. Roll it. There's going to be pressure on him because he's going to get so embarrassing in the next 18 months that there, sometime in March or February, they'll do like LBJ did in 68, just he's not going to run. But that also solves the Kamala Harris problem because then they just say, we'll have an open primary and they know that she won't get another delegate, just like in the past. Wow. So when I heard that, I'm like, oh, my gosh. 
That makes sense. So they can't tell him now that he's not going to run. That's not going to happen. And they're trying to keep this Hunter Biden thing at bay Mm -hmm. for as long as they can. Because you can't have Kamala Harris take over as president. Not for one day. No, and they know that. Mm -hmm. They know it will absolutely destroy the party. But if you wait out the rest of this year, get into early next year, and then he announces can't do it, open primary. Then Gavin Newsom comes in. Mm -hmm. That's part of the plan. You buying what he's selling there? Uh, Yes, because I think we were just talking about this earlier. There's a precipitous drop over the last four weeks from Biden. For me personally, it it tends to run together. Yeah, I get it. But at the same time, after I heard him say that, and I did think about the last few months, even the walking. Yeah. Yeah. He's deteriorating fast. Yes. And they mentioned something, and I don't know that I ever saw the picture. Was it Finland? He touched a girl's face, and she was mortified. Yeah. And I know he was he was breathing into somebody else's hair or something. Yeah. And they're talking about just impulse control. Yeah, and he also, like, nibbled on a toddler. Yes. Like a random toddler. It was really weird. Yeah. Yes. All that stuff going on. So, yeah, I'm like, okay, well, that would make sense. Because, I mean, just doing this every day, you're like, how long can they keep this up? And it does seem like every once in a while you'll have CBS reporting on the Hunter Biden crisis, call it whatever you want. We all know what it is. You're like, okay, why are they the only ones? But apparently there's a lot of talk with the Democratic power brokers saying, yeah, he's not going to make it, but we can't take him out now. No, That would be disastrous because we can't have Kamala be president. Do you recall when Donald Trump slipped on the stairwell at the what the U.S. Navy Academy or U.S. Air Force Academy? He didn't even oh, slip. Yeah. He walked yeah. carefully he, down he, a well, ramp. Yeah, like stiff-legged or something, yeah. and people went nuts. And the shaking of the hands when he picked up the water that time. I mean, how well, this guy is clearly not capable of running, Dude. of being a president. Another part of that interview yesterday... Victor Davis Hanson was talking about how often they were trying to convince people that Trump was crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That went on and on and on. And that was part of the CIA. You know, you know, recording conversations mm-hmm. and crap like that. Yeah, it's been pretty wild. But I, I've got a couple of the clips from that to play oh, a little bit later on. Good. But we got to switch gears here. It's that time of the show. Always do this. Go around the table. Might not be the biggest story out there, but it caught your attention. David, what's your story today? I love this. Some animal rights activist in New York tried to launch a protest and got it hilariously wrong. Uh, Hudson Valley Post reported this. It happened in the Rhinebeck, New York area. The Neighbors Gun Club had a sign-up advertising its annual turkey shoot. Well, some lady spray-painted cowardly murder across it, evidently protesting what she thought was an event that included shooting turkeys. That's not what the turkey shoot is. They shoot at paper targets for the chance to win a frozen turkey (laughs) for Thanksgiving. (laughs) That's awesome. So so the gun gun club posted, for whoever did this, let it be known, we do not shoot live turkeys. We shoot paper (laughs) targets, and the winner of each event receives a frozen turkey. Many of those will go to uh, someone in need for Thanksgiving. That's why it's called a turkey shoot. <laughs> Just FYI, before you start vandalizing our crap again. A lot of places do golf tournaments in November called a turkey shoot. Yeah. They'll probably be protesting those too. Yeah. 
Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. All right, Scott, what's your story? Uh, there was a uh, shooting that took place at a White Sox game at Guaranteed Rate Field in Chicago. Southside Chicago, that's kind of a dicey area of Chicago anyway. Like there's a good area now. But anyway, I digress. Uh, the game, they somebody heard the gunshot go off, and it did in fact, but it's not what you think. The gun was discharged by accident by one of the women, and uh, one of them was grazed by the bullet. Now, how do you get a gun in there? Well, she reportedly stuck the gun past the metal detectors by hiding it in the folds of her belly fat. Wow. So she snuck by the metal detector somehow with a gun in, in her belly fat, went undetected, went into the game, sat down, the freaking gun goes off and grazes her. She's going to be fine, by the way. Nobody else was hurt, fortunately. Are you telling me that all you got to do is hide the gun in belly fat now, I, and the detector doesn't pick it up? I don't have a picture of this woman, but I, sug- I will suggest to you this is not your garden variety belly fat woman. No, okay? th- this has to be like multiple folds upon folds upon folds. It's yeah. tactical obesity. That's the actual uh, technical term for it. I don't know. If well, you she was able to leave in a hurry because she parked her car in there, too. <laughs> she was... Okay, be honest. It was Lizzo, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, right. There you go. That's crazy, man. Well, I wanted to see someone now test it. I just have people volunteer. Let's do Mythbusters. <laughs> yes, I want to know if that's really possible. I can't because they wand you when you go into these things, right? Everybody gets wanded down for a metal detector. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing that the folds were that deep in a crevice that wide that you could put that gun in there and no one would know. Wow. You don't need a holster anymore. Okay. Hey, darling, give me my gun. Uh, for my story today, I just found this to be amazing, at least at first. And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, well, maybe it's not that amazing. Um, you get a call on your phone, and you don't recognize the number. Do you answer it? 20% of Americans still answer calls from unknown numbers. Mm-hmm. Why in the world would I bring this up? Well, because I've done it and continue to do it. I'm just thinking at any given moment, there's about five people involved in this particular show. And I only know one that actually picks up unknown numbers. (laughs) I I do do that. I agree. That's me. And and repeatedly, like, given advice, don't do it. What good can come? Well, it might be somebody I know. Well, they could leave a message, and you could call them right back if it really happens to be someone. I know. That... I'm guilty. I'm guilty of it. I, I'll admit it. Guilty. Yes. What was that one time that it actually cost you where you got scammed? No, I called them. That's when I got scammed. What do you mean you called them? You mean by when, it, when my... Was this the cable went out? Yeah, when my cable went out. Oh, Th- didn't, didn't they call you back? They called me back, yeah. But it was a scam number. Yeah. You thought it was them. I thought it was them, and it wasn't them. Oh, my goodness, man. I did get my money back, though. Well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, 54% of people say they never answer calls from unknown numbers. I'm actually surprised it's not more than that. 27% say it depends. 20% say they always answer them. Now, are you in the 27%? I probably am, and I've I've got a reason for it a lot of times. Okay, let's go. I'll I'll take myself out of this. I'll leave this between... 
the boomer and the millennial, you convince the boomer well, that this is a good reason to always pick it up. The reason I pick it up a lot of times is because my mom has several different doctors and their numbers will their numbers are in Peoria, there's some in other places and but I'll pick it up because I know I think I know that it's something to do with her and a lot of times it isn't. They're trying to sell me sighting or or undercoating or some other kind of garbage, right? But I look at it and think, well, this could be the number of her doctor, one of her doctors, she has several, or her dentist or her vet, that kind of thing. So that's that's why I do it. I mean, if it's something like that, they'll leave a message. Well, I know, David. <laughs> so you know no, I, know. I, can't, I can't argue with you because I know you're right. I know that. I instinctively don't think I have to answer it, and I do. I mean, I'm not even going to argue with you about you. He's right. Oh, goodness. That's how I end up going, no, I know. Ron DeSantis to blame for the Jacksonville hate crime. More on that straight ahead right here. All right. Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update to another story we just talked about, David yeah. Van Camp. Well, you, Scott had brought up during What's Your Story the uh, this fat lady in uh, Chicago who apparently was able to sneak a gun into the White Sox park. Yeah. Um, in her belly fat, in her fat folds somehow. And uh, wondering, how did it not set the detector off? That's crazy. I have no yeah. idea. I wonder that too. So, uh, at least according to the initial report, that inspired that tale again we don't really have full clarity as to what happened here but uh but what the quote-unquote sources are saying is that security at the ballpark did have their you know have the wands go off a bunch of times but they didn't see a gun on her person and so maybe that was the so the metal detectors worked in other words but they just didn't see it, and then they thought, okay, well, we're not going to pry too much into whatever's going on with this lady. Oh, yeah, this could be a public relations disaster. Right. And you're racist. You're fat-phobic. Right. So we're not, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to say, hey, lady, lift up your love handles? I mean, yeah. that's, what do you think you are, the TSA? You know, that it, it becomes yeah. a, a more difficult thing to, to, to approach here. But I'm also sitting here going, dude, you're at a White Sox game in Chicago, uh, you better be pretty aggressive about trying to find guns on people. <laughs> Especially when it's like, whir, whir, yeah, right. it's going off, man. Wow. But her, Dang. But, but her attorney, this lady's attorney, is denying that she brought the gun in. But the brother of the other woman who was shot, she was a couple rows down, and she got grazed in the abdomen. Um, and at first she thought she got hit by a baseball. Didn't know what was going on. And then she's like, oh, my gosh, there's blood. Um, they said that, uh, uh, she was the only other per, it looked like the the bullet came from that direction. So, you know, it probably did go off on her person and, but I don't know. Well, I think the mayor of Chicago is going to sue Kia and Hyundai again, because that's how they got to the game. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because he's suing the car manufacturer, yeah. saying you're not yeah. doing enough to keep people from stealing these cars in Chicago. It's yeah. not to steal them. Yeah, fault. right. It's you, Kia, and you, Hyundai. <laughs> I haven't made them. <laughs> Unreal, dude. This is the Barclay Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready?
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You know, we talk a lot about legacy media and how corrupt it is. And another example of this, Dude. the AP blaming Ron DeSantis for that Jacksonville hate crime. This yeah. is disgusting. So this racist loser in Jacksonville murders three black people. And according to the left media, that's because of Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis. This is an actual news report or what is passing for a news report, I should say, from the Associated Press. The reporter is Steve Peoples. Ron DeSantis scoffed when the NAACP issued a travel advisory this spring warning black people to use extreme care if traveling to Florida. And just three months later, DeSantis is leading his state through the aftermath of a racist attack that left three African-Americans dead. Black leaders in Florida and across the nation say they're outraged by his actions and rhetoric ahead of the shooting. The tragedy cast a shadow across the Republican presidential campaign this week as candidates faced uncomfortable questions about the party's increasing appeal among white supremacists and the GOP's fight against so-called woke policies on race and gender. That's the whole boogeyman, isn't it? Yeah. That, well, that, that's enemy of the people. That's what that is. Yeah, that is oh, it absolutely that is. That's dishonest from start to end. That is that's it, terrible. I, Try to try That's to connect. Awful. Really try to connect these dots, though. That so the argument is because he and his administration and other leaders in the state of Florida objected to Marxist ideology being introduced in schools. Mm-hmm. Said, "Hey, we don't like the fact that you want to teach black kids it's impossible for them to get ahead, and we don't want you to teach white kids that everything bad in the world is their fault." Yep. Because they rejected an AP pilot course in the testing phase, African-American studies, and because they have African-American history curriculum that is, well, pretty standard across the board when you compare it to other curricula around the, around the country. Written by a group of people, including black leaders. Yeah. Because of that, this absolute loser was inspired to go and kill people at a at a at a, at a store and Th- some people will believe it 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 makes no sense at all no but it's almost like everyone on the left got the talking points together biden said it again yesterday the us intelligence community is determined that domestic terrorism rooted in white supremacy is the greatest terrorist threat we face in the homeland the greatest threat where? Where's the evidence of that? Well, and if you truly believed that, then you wouldn't be this dishonest about a Republican governor. Because if you truly believed it was a big threat, you'd be asking everybody for help with it. Because, yeah, if there are white supremacist terrorist oh, yeah. groups out there, I'm all for taking them down and tearing them down brick by brick. Let's do it. No, but it's just this boogeyman that doesn't right. exist. There's never evidence of it. Right. You're always going to have kooks and mentally deranged people. That's a problem. But that goes in many different directions, not just one. And I think DeSantis was asked about that, about the AP report. 
I think I have the audio of that, by the way. Your rules don't apply to me. Your scorn fills me with joy. <laughs> I am a f superstar. It was something like that, I think. Step to me and I'll drop you like I'm dropping this mic. Do not ever f with me again. Right. Yes. Zero f given. Yes. Or maybe that was that Ron DeSantis deep fake. I don't know what's real and not anymore. Sorry about that. <laughs> what does it matter? Well, Ron DeSantis, too, is, is, is a threat to them. Is he is. And, you know, again, if this is a Republican governor in another state that is no threat, that is under the radar kind of guy, yeah, you probably don't hear that much about this sort of conversation going on. Yeah. But because it's Ron DeSantis and because he's a threat, we've got to do something. You know who else is beginning to be a threat? Vivek Ramaswamy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, he was doing that interview with Andrea Mitchell. This oh, was fun. Yeah. So Republican presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy made some waves last week when he said the climate agenda is a hoax. Now, some of his opponents, including the DeSantis campaign, did like a back-to-back -back video cut of him saying the climate agenda is a hoax. And then uh, about a year ago, I guess, he said something like climate change is real and we got we to gotta address it. I think mm -hmm. there's a difference, though. I think that's a pretty dishonest framing because you can say, well, I think there may be something to CO2 emissions and whatnot and global warming or average temperatures rising yeah. or whatever, but also acknowledge that the world is ending climate agenda is a hoax. I, you, can, you can believe both things at the same time. I, Absolutely. I, I thought that that framing was very dishonest, but that's politics for you, I guess. Yeah. Um, anyway, liberal media doesn't like this at all, though. He was on MSNBC talking to Andrea Mitchell, and she totally missed that point. Oh, yeah. According to a U.N. agency, extreme weather events compounded by climate change caused the death of two million people between 1970 and 2021. Can you offer a shred of evidence that more than two million people died from converting to clean energy? <sighs> Yeah, she yeah. thinks that's the gotcha question. Yeah, actually, now, now Vivek doesn't bring this part up, but I will. Uh, South Africa is in crisis right now because of soaring inflation and, and power outages. Uh, they've got food shortages after a massive push to go carbon neutral. Yeah, uh, there is evidence of that. Sri Lanka has seen starvation oh. skyrocketing because the government's moved to so-called sustainable agriculture. That's why they stormed their capital. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, there is a lot of it's. We're not just talking about somebody trading in, you know, their 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 Camry for a, a Tesla. You're talking about major governmental pushes to completely get rid of things that work to keep large numbers of people alive, and like food. Yeah, like food's pretty important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say so. Now Vivek didn't go into that, but here's what he said. Okay. The number of climate disaster-related deaths is down by 98% over the last century. The number of people who died of hurricanes, tornadoes, heat waves, and other weather-related events in 1920, for every 100 that died then, two die today. And the reason why is more plentiful, abundant access to fossil fuels and technology powered by fossil fuels. And but, carbon dioxide as a percentage of the atmosphere is still at a relative but, low. Yeah, the video. <laughs> yeah. Andrea's starting to panic. Doesn't like it. What Through human say, history, those are just, hard facts. And I think we have to acknowledge a, those facts when having this debate. Well, there, there's a hard fact of the hurricane that is now approaching. The mayor, a three-generation three St. Petersburg resident, says he's never seen anything like this, the, the ocean warming. But let me move on to some a Andrea. And this is what I love. She thinks, again, 
gotcha. I'm going to quote this, and but 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 I got to move on here. You're right. And he doesn't let her do it. Andrea, uh, may, may I respectfully me... offer a response to that? And, and I mean this with due respect. If someone on the other side were an uneducated person from Arkansas who didn't go to college and offered one weather event as an end of one anecdote to help support a well, theory of global climate change, you'd laugh off, off the stage they... as a rube for saying they don't follow data. The same well, shoe has to fit the other foot. And see, that's why he's resonating yes, with people. See, see, you got to <laughs> applaud that man. I know, yeah. I know, people are going to shoot holes in him. I get it, but man, does he handle himself? I've never seen him screw up in that, in that, in that area, that realm. He doesn't take any crap from these people, but he comes back with a straight up factual answer. It's Trump-esque. It's very Trump-esque. He's very good at this. Yeah, he is. You know, yeah, that's and, why and he's got traction. Again, she's not used to people that push back on her. She because generally they don't. Oh no! And all she plays for is the soundbite, and she didn't get it. Absolutely true. Damn, that's good. Yeah, that's really good. I thought you would like that. I'm just gonna just put that and just hit it repeat like all through the Labor Day weekend, just like every ten minutes. I'm gonna play it again. But just to, for the record, that doesn't yeah. mean he's your guy. Not yet. No. <laughs> it's just like catnip for you. He could be my guy, but he's not. He yet. could be. He's not there yet. No, I, I think he's in your guy territory. Well, okay, he's in my if my four or five guys that are sitting on chairs. He's there, yes, yes. And, but I don't want to deem him that because he'll lose. I, I being can't. a fan of the Bachelor, you'd give him the rose right now. Mm-hmm. He'd move on to the next round. Yes. Oh yeah, he'd get another date. Okay. Will you accept this rose, Vivek? Queen Jean Pierre. Cool. Yeah. Wants to say, hey, 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 you people asking about Biden? He's great. Look at the work he does. Who can keep up with him? He's awesome. <laughs> right. Uh, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre says Biden isn't old and senile because he can walk. What? Uh, yeah. <laughs> she was on CNN, and Jake Tapper pointed out that Joe's been in politics since before she was born. And here was the response to that. You all talked about this back when we were uh, when we were when we were uh, marking the one year uh, anniversary, right, the, uh, of of the war in Ukraine, the unprovoked war by Russia. Mm. What did the president do? He went to Kiev. And he was there with the with the alarms blaring in the back, and people were so impressed that he was able to be there and look strong and represent uh, represent the Amer- the American people in Kiev uh, in a war zone. How country. low is the bar? Yeah, he was able to go there. Well, I hope he's the president. Yeah. Air raid sirens, by the way, going off that startled absolutely no one. No, no, like they knew huh. it was coming. Wow. Huh. Yeah. And that's what you saw. I'm not right? saying he's not able to walk. No, but I'm no, but saying. you're saying you're talking about his strength, right? You're talking about. Oh, I hadn't heard that yet. Yeah. That's good. That's pretty good, good for Tapper. Yeah. There's one at least, an honest moment from that guy. Walk. No, but I'm no, but saying. you're saying you're talking about his strength, right? You're talking about how he's looking right now. <laughs> that is. But yeah, I think like the average but, American male but, only but, lives to be but, 77 thing, or something. But here's the thing, Jake. People saw him and were impressed that he was able to do that, that he was able to be there and okay. present the American people. Look, the president says this all the time. Watch him, right? Watch him. And he... uh, he... Are you saying we have a long list of presidents that couldn't fly to another country? (laughs) I have watched him. Are you saying? That's why I'm bringing this up, because I've watched him. (laughs) What's wrong with you? They are watching him. That's what I'm saying. That's the 77% who are concerned. No, no, no. But I've I've had conversations with some of your colleagues in the White House press corps when we travel abroad, how it is hard for us to keep up. Oh, here we go with that one again. When they say keep up, they mean really it's more of a colloquial thing. It's it's hard for them to understand what he's saying. 
Because it's well, there you go. If it's hard to keep up, you better get a trainer because yeah. you're way too young to be that out of gas. Right. By the way, the second clip here. Yeah. This is what people heard when the president gave a speech about the invasion of Ukraine after he very bravely walked in in Kiev. Okay. Would we be strong? Would we be weak? Would be you? We would be. Would we the all of our allies would be united or divided? <laughs> Well, you're asking him to walk and chew gum and speak, right. well, he, David. Hey, he he walked a good ten yards. Okay, <laughs> really. And not, and at best, not only, it's a draw. Right. Not only did he walk, he walked briskly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. They couldn't keep up with him. See him all behind him, trying to keep up. <laughs> Come on, man. This is he so, can barely walk. So dumb. I know. Yeah. There's something else we got to get to. I could not believe it when I read it. The state of California has paid a nonprofit encouraging kids to identify as Fox Gender. As what? Fox Gender. Fox Gender? Yes. So they act like Peter Ducey? <laughs> no. Oh. Not Fox News. Okay. Well, and we'll try to explain that. <laughs> and much more straight ahead. The Marshall Van Camp and Robin show. Jamie Marshall, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Saw this today at Daily Wire. You can hardly believe this is actually happening. In California, the Department of Public Health gave $2.3 million to a nonprofit called Gender Spectrum. This is for activities such as developing concrete strategies for applying the lens of gender diversity to school practices. Government money. Yeah. Oh, God. There's a watchdog group called Open the Books. They did an, uh, an investigation and looked into this. Um, and this is pretty wild, man. Among the programs from this group is a six-page form for students to submit school districts, their pronouns, and whether school staff needs to hide their use of those pronouns from their parents. Mm -hmm. Let us know if you need to hide this from your parents. Yeah, again, Because imagine. we realize that uh, some caregivers are not supportive of their child's gender. Yeah, because they're sane. You, correct. They might not be supportive of your gender journey. Gender journey. Oh, my gosh. Been a long journey. Like Pixar is working on that one right now. <laughs> Unreal. So the group's manager of family and educational programming, a woman named Naomi Cruz, gave a presentation at this conference called Intro to Neo-Identities and Neo-Pronouns. In the presentation, it said the pronouns may describe gender as a personal, aesthetic, or headspace-oriented experience. Mm -hmm. They include noun genders like fox gender, moon gender, and rock gender. What? Rock gender? Yeah, that was me in the 80s, by the way. <laughs> I was just going to say, didn't you use that name for a while? A lot of rock t-shirts worn yeah, to school. Rock yeah, gender. Yes. Uh, moon gendered, I don't know. Fox gender. They're like, what? Moon fox gender. Fox gender. Cruz said fox self describes someone who identifies with aspects of a fox, whether that's their appearance, their personality, or how they're viewed in society. Wow. Well, that, that really puts a new spin on the Jimi Hendrix classic, do, classic doesn't it? He was a prophet. Yeah. <laughs> or sweet. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Presentation said that youth are on a, again, gender journey, and their genders will likely change over time, but the parents should affirm those identities. It, it's a, Unless 
those identities appropriate a racial, ethnic, religious, or disability group they're not a part of. <laughs> Why? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Why can't the uh, Hispanic kid identify as white? What's why if they want to, if they identify as white or vice versa? Why not? Well, according What's to the difference, according to the left, the Hispanic person can identify as white. They just have to vote Republican. Right. Oh, that's right. In which case they are the brown face of white supremacy. Yes, that is true. But I want an electric wheelchair, so I'll just identify as handicapped. There you go. Yeah. Absolute insanity. That's man. insanity. <laughs> Fox gender. But what's moon gender? That's I'd love you, to know what that one is. That's where you identify as someone who walks around with their ass hanging out of their pants all the time. <laughs> they got in trouble for that once in junior high. <laughs> that's half moon gender. <laughs> Mooning was really in vogue at the time. Right, exactly, yeah. Hmm. A lot of regrets there. <laughs> yes, indeed. Meanwhile, I uh, saw this in hot air. NBC. This would be NBC out. The LGBTQ right. part of NBC. I don't even know they had this. It, okay. Said Canada has warned... 2S LBGTQI plus people better be careful traveling to the United States. You know, we need to liberate Canada. We really do. That if you, you belong in this group, be very careful. God. There's a lot of hate going on in the United States. Yeah, they're like, check all the states before you go to them. <laughs> this is coming from Little Castro. Yeah. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Okay. All right. Biggest story of the day, David. Outside of all this insanity? Uh, biggest story of the day, I think, is probably the uh, the hurricane Idalia hitting Florida and the nonstop full-court press to blame uh, people who drive SUVs for it. Also, I'm just now getting this. Apparently, uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell froze up again. Oh, no. Oh, man. Remember when he kind of locked up yes. and just spaced out for a while? Apparently, he did it again for like 30 seconds. <sighs> Dude. Okay. Get the latest on that. Steve Scalise uh, announced he had cancer, too. Yeah, right There's a lot going on. And another news update straight ahead. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the millennial, the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, any more news on Mitch McConnell, David? No, the uh, report I saw from the Daily Mail was that Mitch McConnell, the Senate Minority Leader, uh, didn't respond to questions during an event uh, in Kentucky. He froze again while, I'm sorry, he froze again while answering questions in Kentucky. Um, And that is similar to when he completely froze up uh, a while back, uh, that was last month, on Capitol Hill, if you remember. It just seems like another example of how politics is so different than the real world. Because in that sort of case, you, you wouldn't be able to do your gig. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking of all these different politicians, especially over the last few years. Mm-hmm. And Feinstein. I mean, people, it's clearly time to go. And then you don't know, is that person hanging on? Is the party having them hang on till the next election? You're not quite sure, but he does not seem well. N- no, and I just got the video from WLWT as he's talking, and they're asking about running for re-election. Okay. And what are my thoughts about what? Running for re-election in 2026. Oh. That's right. 
Oh, buddy. He's just Did you hear the question, up. Senator, running for re-election in 2026? All right, I'm sorry, you all. We're going to need a minute. Senator. Dude, that's, that's troubling. Yeah, it is. No doubt, man. Okay. And I mean, it's one of those things. We've talked about Mitch McConnell hundreds of times. I'm not a huge fan. You don't wish bad on anybody. No. Not that I'm wishing something bad to happen, but that's a problem. That is a problem, yes. Well, sometimes you can say it happens one time. You know, yeah, you, you've you had kind of overlook it and, or and there's, trying you to didn't sleep back. well or you're having some other kind of issue, right? I mean, even then it's hard. But when this happens twice, and we also don't know how many times this happened in private right. that we haven't seen. Well, yeah. I mean, sleep well. Something. Who do you know is not slept well and then couldn't answer a question? Well, I'm just well, I don't know. I'm not 80-some years old. But, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just saying that maybe there's a reason. You know, you could stack a bunch of stuff together and say, well, here's why it's happening or why it well, happened. But when it happens more than once like that, geez. Yeah, I mean, remember years ago when John McCain was still alive and he he was at a, a Senate hearing and he started going down this really bizarre road. I mean, like just out of nowhere, I think it was talking about Hillary Clinton's emails and he starts talking about Benghazi or something. And I remember, Jamie, you and I were talking about it at the time, like, is that dude okay? Right. It was, it made no sense what, yeah. what he was saying. And then a couple months later, it comes out that he has brain cancer. And, you know, again, I'm not trying to diagnose whatever is happening with Mitch McConnell, but that that's a huge red flag, what, what has just happened there. Absolutely. Well, and you don't know exactly what's going on, but people close to him certainly do. Yeah. And a lot of times, decline has been going on for a while before the public even knows. Sure. I mean, think of Bruce Willis. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's tragic. But you heard these stories of people on sets of movies before it all came out, and it was like, oh, man, it sounds like he's been battling that for a while. Yeah. But to all slip right. into a total catatonic state like that for... Yeah, dude. You know. Yeah. We'll see. Wow. Well, I'll just switch gears to this. We had planned on talking about this anyway, and we mentioned it earlier in the show. Biden's decline, for a lot of people, has really gone downhill especially in the last three months. It has, yeah. You said you noticed it, and then I'm trying to figure out, okay, when would that be? Yeah, I mean, it seems like he, ever since the campaign really started. Well, every time he publicly speaks, every time. Yes, and I wonder if it's because we're in this every day and hear every single clip that you kind of forget how far he's gone downhill. Mm -hmm. Because you think about even with a campaign, he would say stupid stuff and corn pop, all that nonsense. But to where he is now, the way he walks, the way he talks. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then yesterday, this meandering thing about white supremacy and then uh. reciting a story that happened in Florida where five young black men got shot and killed, but they actually didn't. That never happened. At a toy store. But it wasn't. It was a yeah. video game tournament. Yeah. And it was one white guy that was killed and one black guy that was killed. But he said, well, it was a gunshot. No, it was a toy store. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. No, yeah. And so Victor Davis Hanson, Hoover Institute, is doing the interview with uh, Megyn Kelly. And he mentioned that is the biggest issue facing the Democrats right now is his decline, you know, especially in the last three months. And I think the two of them had talked about this three months ago, saying, is he going to make it? Back then, he was much more cognitively alert than he is now. Yeah. 
he, he's declined enormously. It's very tragic. And uh, so I, that that's their problem. And that's why they don't, uh, they just talk about Trump 24-7. Yeah, making the point, they can't talk about anything else. You can't talk about the economy. Mm-hmm. Then there's all the Hunter Biden stuff. You certainly can't talk about that. And so as people are trying to figure out, all right, what is actually going on? And he talks about Bernie Sanders making a speech in New Hampshire. And for the political insiders, they're saying there's a reason for that. Because they're going to put Gavin Newsom out there next spring. That they know they've got to hang on for a while before Biden would announce he's just not going to run. And then you get rid of the Kamala problem because you just do this open primary and there's Gavin Newsom. But they think Bernie has gotten word of that and is saying to the Democratic Party, whoa, 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 I'm first here. (laughs) And maybe you've seen some rumblings of that. Um, But I thought this was actually fascinating how this could play out. Here's Victor Davis Hanson. feel that they have a serious problem and they have the solution, too. And Bernie's heard that. And they think it's Gavin Newsom. And he's saying basically to America, hey, I was here first. Don't (laughs) let this guy cut ahead of me. So I'm going to if that's what you guys in the Democratic backroom want, that you want an open primary, quote unquote, open to get rid of Kamala, then you got to pick me because I'm I'm ahead of the line. I've done it twice and it's my turn. So that makes a lot of sense. They'll they'll do what they did to him before, though. They'll sabotage him. Oh, Yes, yeah. Yeah. they know that. Yeah. That's a total loser. He yeah. goes on. He's He wouldn't do that, and you know that better than I do, Megan, unless he was getting pretty good information that Joe Biden is not going to run again. But to make the next 16 months viable, they can't tell anybody that. Or he'd, be a lame, he'd be the lamest of all lame ducks in our presidential history mm-hmm. if, he's, if we know that he's not going to run, because then all the attention would say, we'll even finish his term. I, I really do. I'm not just trying to be partisan but I, I do think there's 50 percent chance that he won't finish his term it's possible yeah it's going down know, fast another thing you know you mentioned it the last three months or whatever it's it's been very noticeable it continues to be noticeable and a month of this has been spent on vacation yeah good point i mean geez we haven't even you know it wasn't even a full three months oh yeah and then he's going to vacation and then oh everybody's saying where are you at in hawaii and he goes down there and said you know i had a kitchen fire right. almost lost a cat right. and a car yeah you know that wasn't prepared no holy cow okay mentioned this earlier in the show more than 1600 scientists including two nobel laureates declare climate emergency a myth so you're hearing all this right now the climate emergency look at the hurricane florida see Another example. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because this is the Global Climate Intelligence Group. Interesting. And this, again, is over 1,600 scientists from around the world that have signed this declaration stating there is no climate emergency. And they strongly oppose the harmful and unrealistic net zero CO2 policy being pushed around the globe. But this is important. The declaration does not deny the harmful effect of greenhouse gases but instead challenges the hysteria brought about by the narrative of imminent doom. Yeah. I think we've been saying that for a long time. Yeah. Like that, common sense people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that tends to be sort of the middle of the road. I, I'm pretty sure is is more right than wrong. Um, 
approach to everything is to just say, okay, well, something's happening, and yeah, we know that carbon emissions probably aren't good. We don't really know what the effects will be because man, man's contribution to carbon emissions in the, in the, on the planet is pretty new. And so we actually don't know what the, uh, what the overall effect will be uh, moving forward. However, you know, to say that we have, you know, 10 years or whatever to turn it around or Come everybody's going to die, that's, that's ridiculous. Yes. And that's what people like Michael Schellenberger have been saying for a long time. And the media is part of this, scaring the crap out of people, lying constantly. And that's not, it's just not factual. So I'm glad they're doing that. Mm -hmm. That's the way you fight this sort of thing. Okay. Uh, somebody won a digital award. Who is this, David? Oh, yeah, Dylan Mulvaney. What? Oh, uh, yeah, the, the, the so-called trans influencer, the one who single-handedly tanked Bud Light's brand and standing with millions of Americans. Was that the award he won? How to tank a brand? No, he, he won what's called a streamy award. It's, oh, it's for, you know, online personalities, basically. And said, oh, yeah, uh, you know, it's been a tough year, a lot of hurt, a lot of transphobia. We really need our allies now more than ever and all of this. I really bring this up because I don't care about the streamy award or anything like that. I mean, all of that, that entire world is in its own bubble. Yep. I'll tell you this. Take out the, the trans aspect of it. I saw the picture of Dylan Mulvaney, and y'all might have it if you he, if he have my prep printed out. I've seen might, it. Might yep. see the picture. That dude's very unwell. And, I mean, we already know that because he wants to be a girl. And not, not not just using that term. He says it's girlhood. He wants to, like, relive girlhood because he never got a chance to be a girl. But if if he were actually a woman, we'd be having a Karen Carpenter conversation. Oh, I get your point there. Yeah. <clears throat> it's total. Yeah. He's totally skin and bones. It's like there's something else going on with that guy. So, okay, then to get this update. At least for a while, and this may still be true. Are you still thinking this is like a total act as far as going to punk everybody at some point in time? Or is this person really like have mental issues and believes they're a girl I, now or whatever? Yeah, I don't know. I until I honestly, really, until I saw the pictures of him at this award show where he he does he looks strung out, and. I, I'm like, okay, maybe this guy really is just severely mentally ill. And for all the people who unquestioningly were going, yes, queen, shame on you. This guy needs help. It looks like it. A lot of these people need help. The freaking dude with the Z prosthetic boobs in Canada, that yeah. person needs help. Right. Yeah. And if, you know, people just go along with it in Canada, you got to protect that person's rights. And it, him saying they're real, how is that possible? Oh, it isn't. At some point, man, it's like you got to prove that, don't you? Yeah. Well, man, I don't want to see that either. Well, <laughs> you got to prove it. I know, I know. You could unsee it, I think, I with therapy, with time. I, I think I, yeah. <laughs> But my goodness, they're just going to say, okay, well, we got to believe that person. Uh, that these prosthetic Z-cups are real. Oh, boy. You can pretend it, I guess, but don't pretend you're a different race because that's beyond the pale. Hello. All right, news update straight ahead. The Markley Bain Camp and Robin Show.
Jerry Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Well, I'm, I, I've heard a theory now through the grapevine. So Mitch McConnell, the top Republican in the Senate, uh, had another episode today where he froze up like mid-sentence. He was asked about the idea of him running for re-election in three years, and he just blanked out like he did a few weeks ago. Um, and one of the theories is uh, because he had a head injury, he fell and had a head injury that, what, you can have seizures from that weeks a down the road? correct? Yeah. I remember when I had a, had a skull fracture in 1993, a basal skull fracture. And at the time they said you cannot have any alcohol for six months because it could trigger an epileptic seizure. Well, like an idiot, I waited six months and then started boozing again. Right. And then, well, quit in 2007. But anyway, I digress. But, yeah, I, I understand that. But to blank out like Mitch McConnell did today. Yeah. Well, it's unsettling, man. I mean, because he just oh, completely God, locks is. up and yeah. just sort of stares off into space. And Well, that's the second time. Yeah. In, in how many weeks? In like a month. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it's. You had the audio a little earlier. Thoughts about what? Running for re-election in 2026. That's right. And then he just blanks out again. Stares straight ahead. Yeah. Yeah, it's unnerving, man. Did you hear the question, Senator? Running for re-election in 2026? And nothing. All right, I'm sorry, you all. We're going to need a minute. And when this happened before, he was gone for a while and then came back. Yeah. Right. Okay. Did he this time? No, they they left him out there, and then he tried to answer a couple more questions later about, like, Trump, and he said, I'm not going to comment on the presidential primary. And, oh. um, Somebody else have a question? Please speak up. Yeah, and they, they just left him out there. And oh, man. I that That's another one of those things, like— mm. It's going to be a bad look no matter what, and yeah. I don't know if you try to have a game plan for this, but probably the best thing is, hey, he needs a minute, and then take him away when that happens. I mean, it is just uh, – it, it's hard to watch, man. It is. Well, when the question then comes up, because it will. Cognitive test. Yeah. Uh, you in favor of that at this yes. point? Yeah, I oh, am. Yeah. yeah. Just like I am with Joe Biden, or, just like I am with any of the other – you know, octogenarians that are currently occupying the Congress. I mean, or at, at the very least, you know, tell us what happened. What's going on? Yes, here? it's very the secretive. secrecy thing drives me crazy. Scott, weren't you talking about Biden had to see the doctor, but no one wanted to talk about? Yeah, why. nobody talks about why he saw a doctor. Nobody knows why he saw a doctor, but he did see one. I suppose they could always come back and say, well, it's just routine. Well, yeah. Just want to make sure everything's well. I got a 73rd COVID shot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the full court press on those is going to be coming up, too. Yep. Look for that in September. Along with masks and all that crap. This is the Mark Van Camp and Robert Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show.
The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. So we're hearing as far as our president right now, we haven't had a capable president on the world stage in many years. Yeah. What dope said that? Oh, that that's Senator Chris Coons, who's also helping lead Biden's reelection campaign. <laughs> See, a lot of people are worried about Joe Biden's age as he runs for a second term in the White House. Even a majority of Democrats are worried about it. And I think to me that the age thing is not the issue. Right. No. It, it's not the it's not the number of years he's been alive. It's the fact that the guy can barely string a sentence together. He falls going upstairs. He falls off of bicycles. I mean, he looks. He got the stiff gait and all that stuff. Doesn't remember. Shakes where hands he is. with invisible people. Looks for dead people. I mean, yeah. it's it's not all that uh, reassuring when you see this guy shuffling around, knowing he's the leader of the free world. But he was asked about this. This is what uh, uh, Senator Chris Coons had to say when asked about it on MSNBC. Well, President Biden is taking this issue head on by continuing to lead, by continuing to show at home and abroad that he is a capable and effective president. As I just referenced, uh, we haven't had as seasoned and capable a leader on the world stage in many years. Okay. You know, at the end of the day, you're still Chris Coons. You have to live with that. Yeah. With going out there and saying that kind of crap to people. Yeah, no Good kidding. luck to you. Jeez. Gosh dang. What an absolute joke. I mean, we got a lot of problems. Not just Biden. Had the news earlier of Mitch McConnell. He froze up again today. Yeah. I mean, and then you wonder, what exactly is it? Right. Because with Biden, you've said it many times, David. Shame on his family for even letting him run in the first place. Oh, they're bad people. Yeah, but they, they needed money, though. But what's the deal with McConnell? Dude, there Someone is... close to them is going to have to rein him in fast. Yeah, there is something that happens to people when they get a certain status and, for a certain uh, amount of time where they are just incapable of letting it go. And, you know, I don't know if this is a result of him having a concussion from earlier this year with Mitch McConnell. I, I don't know if it's that. The drive for power really does corrupt people, though. And... It, it it never ends all that well. Um, you know what's interesting, dude? I was listening to that conversation. We played a few clips earlier of Victor Davis Hanson and Megyn Kelly. And Victor was talking about, and he was mentioning Biden at the time, but it's top of my mind right now as we're talking about McConnell, that Biden is like one little accident away from it being over. Especially yeah. where he's at age-wise, mentally, you know, a fall, any little thing, and this happens. And unfortunately, it's sad. It's happened to people's family members all the time. It's one thing, and then it all falls apart quickly. Mm -hmm. And that's what's going on. I mean, with Biden, and it could be McConnell, too. I'm going to pretend to be a doctor, but you're just observing these things, and you yeah. see it in real life all the time. did see a story today um, that you don't see all that often especially in any publication, you might hear people talk about it, mm -hmm. that this happened to someone they know very well. But there's usually not articles written about it. And this is a former Morgan Stanley exec who was suing them, claiming he was fired because he was white. You've heard different people talk about this. Well, there was a whole diversity push, and all of a sudden there was one person that had to go, and it was the white guy. Heard these tales many, many times. Not often does it result in a lawsuit like this that gets some attention, but this is getting attention. So 
This is what he is saying, that in the federal court, what it was, the Southern District of New York, lawsuit alleges Kevin Myersberg unfairly terminated from his role as managing director and head of executive services after three years with Morgan Stanley. Um, and when he was let go, the person that let him go, his boss, expressed concern about the experience level of his replacement and could not explain to Myersburg why the decision had been made. So the attorney for this guy said, this is DEI run amok. Race cannot be a factor in employment decisions, period, full stop. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, what about his job performance? Maybe that was it. Maybe he just wasn't performing, right? Well, they tell it in the lawsuit. You go back to August 2021. Myersburg meets with a couple of hires, uh, higher-ups at Morgan Stanley to make a presentation on the innovative partner referral program that Myersburg had developed on his own. One of the higher-ups approved a pilot for this and a new incentive compensation plan for the executive service relationship managers. You're like, okay, whatever that means. Comes down to money, okay? Based on his performance, his base salary would increase from two hundred and forty grand to four hundred grand, and he would receive a bonus of an additional four hundred grand. That means you're knocking it out of the park. Oh yeah. Okay. But then in April 2023, Myersburg's executive services team accounted for the majority of closes for the month amongst all referral programs. Hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, good. His team additionally experienced back-to-back weeks of over 250 leads and $150 million in closed assets, setting a new record for the executive service relationship managers. But Morgan Stanley as a whole was still struggling, and Myersburg was asked for a list of people under his management who had failed to reach certain performance metrics. So he provides this list. But the department rejected the termination of four employees on Myersburg's list, one of whom was a 25-year-old or 25-year tenured female, and two of whom were diverse candidates. So he was informed that all those, although they, their performance metrics weren't there, they're basically untouchable. Long story short, he ends up losing his gig. Gosh dang! <laughs> wow. I've heard of other tales like this. Maybe not to this extent, but you wonder how many people are going to start fighting this back. Because once you see a couple people wade into those waters saying, hey, I really got jacked around here. Yeah. Because you know the knives are coming at this guy for this. Because if you say reverse discrimination, one of the first things you'll hear is, there's no such thing as reverse discrimination. Right. Or, or it's this is just white fragility or whatever it right. is. The question is, is race-based hiring good or bad? And, it, you know, it can't be it's good in some instances and bad in others. It's, it's either good or it's bad. I personally think it's bad. It's got to be a meritocracy, man. It's the way it's got to well, be. You, yeah, because there'd be no other reason, right? No, unless you just want to feel better about yourself well, to say I, we're diverse. Exactly. But, I mean, this guy hit every metric they but had and then some. It's also not fair to the person no. that brings about, quote, diversity. Wait a minute. Because I, they know deep down right. they really didn't earn it. 
Yeah, so the guy who hit 330 with 40 bombs and 125 <laughs> RBIs gets let go. <laughs> Sometimes, yes. Uh, David, you had a story about a woman wearing uh, wigs to work because this life's just not fair. Yeah, apparently uh, she has pink hair. And uh, the employer, she works in the hospitality industry. I don't know if she works at a hotel or she's, she interacts with customers on a daily basis. And her employer, uh, who hired her without a face-to-face interview, didn't know she had the pink hair, uh, she asked, hey, do I need to, you know, is that acceptable for me to have pink hair? And they said, well, no, that's against the dress code. So she tried to Hold on to do, a second, just so I understand. Yeah. This is, and she's in hospitality? Yeah. Hired without seeing the person, you yeah. say. Yeah. That yeah. seems very well, odd. I know it's hard to find people, but, man, this is really something. That, they that, sounded good. Yeah, that, that's, okay. that's her telling of it. But uh, So she's trying to get around the whole thing by wearing silly wigs now. And I really just want to put out how Newsweek covered it because I thought it was funny and, and some of the quotes in there. Okay. Dying my hair for a job I work at for 40 hours a week wasn't an option. She said, I am a self-expressive person, and I feel very confident with pink hair. So I came up with the solution. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dyeing her hair wasn't an option. Is she naturally pink? No, dyeing her hair to not be pink wasn't an option, apparently. Was not an option. Yeah. Got it. So she'll dye her hair, but to dye it back. She wants to to display her true self. Right. I understand. And nobody's going to tell her. I was just being a jerk. I know you were. (laughs) Anyway, go ahead. I'm used Uh, to it. Go ahead. Yeah. Speaking to Newsweek, she said, it's dehumanizing that I can't be accepted at face value because my hair is a non-traditional <laughs> see, color. See, that's the thing, right? It's, then don't work there. It's so superficial that my hair color is an obstacle. Well, uh, you're also making it an obstacle. Well, yeah, I don't want your pink hair running around my building that I own, that mm-hmm. I employ you to. It's not going to do that. We right. don't play that game, homie. <laughs> no. Right. She says, I prefer my pink hair. It's me to my core. So now I purposely pick wacky wigs, which is quite funny. And I love that Newsweek adds this. Workplace conflict over hair has been an ongoing issue for years, especially for black people. Now, this lady's not black, for the record. She's she's white. Yes. (laughs) Is Newsweek thinking if we don't include black people in this somehow that we're going to get called out for something? I guess. I don't know. It sort of seems like. I, I, what, it, what it reminds me of is uh, some of the codes of conduct that you had to do, like, in school for athletics. I mean, I'll yeah. just be personal experience where if somebody had uh, – there was a teammate of mine in football who had a uh, earring, and that was against the dress code. Couldn't have an earring. Um, and uh, oh, the, yeah. fo- the football coach said, well, you can either have the earring or you can play football, but you can't do both. Right. And that's it. Nobody's telling you you can't have pink hair. I know, but it's yeah, Robin's going about hair above the collar. Baseball, <laughs> dude, that was seriously was basketball too. I mean, I know. You, I remember. Yeah, and there was one barber in my hometown. He gave you the cut. Yep. <laughs> and you went there, and that was it. He knew how to. Boy, he was perfect at that. Yeah. Put the bowl on your head and shaved right around it. <laughs> Walked out of there going, "My God, what happened to me?" By the way, this woe is me stuff. Maybe yeah. I'm out of line on this one. It's somewhat related to that. I see this piece on Miley Cyrus. I don't care at all, whatever. It just said, shares the crazy schedule she had as a child star. And I'm like, oh, well, that must have been like 16-hour days. It must have been insane. Yeah. yeah. And I just look at it real quick, and it says, well, she had to be up at like 530 in the morning for hair and makeup. 
because then she and her dad would get picked up at the hotel at 7 for a full day of interviews, meetings, and photo shoots. And it kept going, and her day wasn't over till 6.15. And I'm thinking, okay, so what's that, 13 hours? Not quite. Uh, there are middle schoolers that get up for the bus and right. go to school all day, and then they're on a volleyball team or a basketball team or whatever. And sometimes you have bus rides; you got to go wherever and play the game, and then you don't get back till way past that. Oh yeah! Oh my God, it's so hard. <laughs> You're paid millions of dollars. It's hard for right. me to sympathize there. I mean, yeah, Fridays in middle school and high school. You know, you're you're at. High school at what six or six thirty, and depending, yeah. Then you're not getting back until well after ten if you're playing uh, on the road. Yes, maybe closer to uh, midnight in some cases. I mean, and all I'm thinking is, these people have no idea just about regular life at all. No, no. Either Miley or the person that writes this heat. Wow. Okay. Want to get to? Oh, you'll love this one. Pentagon officials work to finalize a climate plan during the botched Afghanistan withdrawal. Have you heard that one? The view. That much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You know, early in the show, David, we're talking about ISIS sneaking people into the United States. But yeah. it, don't fear that. No big deal. It's it's cool. No, 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 no. Yeah. It, it was just, it was one ISIS sympathizer who happened to be there. Uh, organizing the travel arrangements for illegal immigrants. And, and certainly don't even think for a minute that anybody that, I don't know, this individual who was just an ISIS sympathizer helped facilitate getting into this country, don't even think for a second that anybody who used his services might be a terrorist. I mean, you think about <laughs> that. Jeez. Seriously. And Korean Jean Perry just up there, oh, you don't think about it at all. And you go back to when we were withdrawing from Afghanistan. And there's a story out today about how the Pentagon officials were working to finalize a climate plan during this whole botched withdrawal. <laughs> Seriously, the Daily Wire got a hold of the emails. In the two weeks between the fall of Kabul to the Taliban and the final U.S. military fight out of Afghanistan on August 30th, Pentagon officials were scrambling with the White House to finalize the Department of Defense Climate Adaption Plan, a document that declares climate change a major national security risk. This is communist crap. Yeah. Okay, so you have that going on, right? And then remember there was the drone strike that was supposed to take out the ISIS sympathizer? And now, at the time, and it was Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs, saying, yep, that drone strike got him. It that, didn't. Yeah, that was in the um, yeah, during or right after the fall of Kabul uh, right. during the Afghanistan withdrawal. Uh, yeah, the U.S. bombed an aid worker and his kids and killed 10 people, seven kids, three adults. But at the time, Milley said, oh, no, we got yeah. the right guy. We know from a variety of other means that at least one of those people that were killed was a ISIS facilitator. Uh, so were there others killed? Yes, there are others killed. Who they are, we don't know. Uh, we'll try to sort through all that. Uh, but we believe that the procedures at this point, I don't want to influence the outcome of an investigation, oh. um, but at this point we think that the procedures were correctly followed 
I know it's a righteous strike. Righteous strike. Fast forward a few months, go to December. Yeah. Spokesperson John Kirby. Oh, a little whoopsie. No, all innocent people killed. What I can tell you is we looked at this thing very, very comprehensively. And again, we acknowledge that there were procedural breakdowns. Processes were not uh, executed the way they should have been. But it doesn't necessarily indicate that uh, that an individual or individuals have to be held to account for that. But look, uh, is there, this is, is one... there discipline inside the Pentagon at all? I mean, maybe there are no charges brought up, but is anyone demoted? Even Willie Geis is saying anybody? Yeah, I mean, you... you... Like, so this guy, this this worker... Oh, hang on a second. I'll get you the okay. rest of the clip. Demoted or disciplined for what happened that what, day? We're, what we are going to do, there's, there's not going to be individual discipline as a result of this, Willie. But what we are going to do is learn from this, oh. uh, and we're going to enact and improve our procedures and our processes to try to make sure this doesn't happen again. Why have we lost trust? <laughs> Listen to these idiots. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Zamari Amadi got he was he was stopping at his house. Three of his kids were running out to say hello, and they bombed him. They they vaporized ten people. But we should trust now. Uh, nothing yeah. going on at the border. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Okay, uh, biggest story of the day. Uh, biggest story of the day. Sorry, that took me back to every time anything with Afghanistan Dude. comes back, I, I just get pissed yeah. off all no, over I, again I know. because it, it's just so yeah. inexcusable what happened. Me too. And how many times all these people were caught in lie after lie after lie, and 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 no one was held to account no. for it. Nobody. No, and that's what I'm saying. And now we're to believe, you know, this ISIS sympathizer sneaking people into the country. Nothing to worry about. We're on this. You're on it like you were a couple of years ago? Right. Well, then we should all be freaking frightened. Yeah. Man. All right, more on that news update and the Scott Robbins trifecta all on the way right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Got the Scott Robbins trifecta coming up in just a few. Uh, But we need to talk about a huge threat. Well, it's the threat Mm -hmm. to the United States. That's why it's supremacy. Uh They won't come off this. They just won't come off this, will they? (laughs) I mean, they won't. Yeah. Well, okay. you know how the uh, governor of California, Gavin Newsom, is uh, proposing this new constitutional amendment that would essentially repeal the, the Second Amendment? Oh, well, yeah. They're calling it the Right to Safety Amendment. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Um, right to Safety The amendment. Right to Safety Amendment, yes. Oh, God. Um, and... Uh, well, the right to communism amendment. Yeah, they, they yeah, yeah. The disarm Americans, law-abiding Americans amendment. Um, yep. So anyway, they, they're they're kicking this around in uh, the state of California, and in the state senate, the public safety committee was having a uh, hearing on this yesterday, talking about it. And California Senator Stephen Bradford made an astounding claim uh, to support this constitutional amendment. Okay. In the United States, we've had over 465 mass shootings already. How many more folks need to lose their lives to guns? It makes absolutely no sense, none whatsoever. And again, black and brown communities are impacted the most, but they're not the ones that perpetrate the mass shootings. The majority what? of mass shootings are middle-aged white men, and they're going to do everything they can to hold on to their guns, you know, even though they're not the ones... Time out. I know you live in a place where you can just play pretend all the time with so many things, but you shouldn't do that with facts. What are we no. talking about? Yeah, there. That's just not true uh, at all. Uh, if you're talking about 
spree killings, you know, the tragedies that, that can happen occasionally at schools and things like that. Uh, yeah, you're not talking about middle-aged white guys. You're usually talking about, like, 18 to 24-year-old white guys. Right. Um, but that stat where he says 400 and whatever mass shootings, boy, you really don't want to bring race into that conversation uh, if you're trying to, you know, talk about white supremacy and gun nuts and whatnot because it's mo- what gets classified as mass shootings. It's mostly young black men killing other young black men. Tell me I'm wrong here. The last that I saw was over 85%. That wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it just depends on who who you're following. But yeah, I mean, it's it's really not even close. I mean, when they when they trot out, you know, guns uh, gun deaths is a, the number one cause of death uh, among children in America. Well, that's not true. That's that's counting eighteen and nineteen year olds. And generally, what you're talking about is again late teenage years, young black men. And it's because in a lot of places in this country. They're killing each other. Yes. But what the left wants to do is disarm America. <laughs> right. Well, so they use this charade to fool people. Mm-hmm. But, 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 yeah, I mean, the idea of most mass shootings being committed by middle-aged white guys, that's just not true. There's, there is no way you can even spend the data to make that argument. It, no. Because... It's no, just not I mean, there's thing. no way. It's also, there's more of this clip. Does he say yeah. anything else? Like yeah. 15 seconds left. Hold on. And they're going to do everything they can to hold on to their guns, you know, even though they're not the ones losing their lives. Now, if those numbers are reversed, I assure you they would be making every effort to make sure these guns then fall in the hands of all these individuals who are committing these crimes. And what, the real housewives of California watch this and go, oh, yeah, that's right. so true. Oh, right. it's so true. But even then, I... I I don't know who actually believes that because, you know, you've made the, the point before several times over the years, Jamie, that like if, if white supremacy or white supremacy really is this big thing in this country, they yeah. love what's happening in Chicago. Absolutely. They love what happens in Los Angeles and in, in San Francisco and unfortunately now in Portland and uh, because it's mostly black dudes killing other black dudes. And right. And it's a, it's a tragedy, but yeah, to, to to turn around and say that it's middle aged white guys, that, no, that's ridiculous. It's not it's not even middle aged black guys. I mean, that, that's the thing. Nope. It's, it, if you it's you're talking about young gangbangers. Well, and I can't remember the stat you've used it before, David. Talking about young black men, it's a small percentage that do most of the shooting. Definitely, yes. Okay, so with that logic. If you really wanted to stop the deaths, you would go after the people that are in possession of illegal guns. Yeah. And you would make the penalty harsh. Five years, automatic, you're caught with an illegal gun. You want the deaths in big cities to go down, that would do it. They won't do it. Well, you know why they won't do it? Of course. It's racist. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that that's... Because in the end, I'm convinced they really don't care about how many black people kill other black people. I'm convinced of it because they don't do anything about it. Nope. They don't really care, but they use it as a political position. I mean, and that's exactly what... Well, when you have the President of the United States echoing white supremacy as the number one problem in the country today or the the terror of the country. I mean, you know, you've got him saying it. Yes, he I said mean, it he, again I yesterday. Know, he, uh, yes. Talking about Jacksonville. The U.S. intelligence community is determined 
He can't even get the words out. Rooted in white supremacy is the greatest terrorist threat we face in the homeland. The greatest threat. Okay. What was the first part? Eustace, Eustace, something or other? Eustace rhetoric? David, you're going to have to help. You're the Josetta Stone guy. Uh, Here it is. Yuli's gold. The U.S. intelligence community is determined. The useless intelligence committee? The U.S. intelligence committee. Oh, thank you, David. Oh. And that comes in handy, doesn't it? Is that press four now when you call? David has toddlers, and sometimes when relatives come over, David, and the toddlers are talking, they can't understand it, but you know what they mean? Oh, yeah. It's sort of like the same thing with you yeah. and the president. The U.S. intelligence community is determined. Yeah. You, that's awesome. Press, yeah, that's pretty good. Press four for Biden. Yes. And always remember this. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. Just remember that. Because uh, that yeah. guy's definitely not racist. Yeah. Never said anything racist. No. Not Joe Biden. He is the lover of black people and have always stood up for black people and been very respectful. I mean, you got the first sort of mainstream African-American who is articulate and bright and, and, and clean and nice-looking guy. I mean, it's, that's a storybook, man. Storybook. This black guy, this Obama guy, <laughs> articulate. Clean. clean, Bright. Golly. Storybook. Man. Never had one of those before in this country. Ever. It's like a unicorn. Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> you know that. Yeah, I do. And black parents, they don't know what to do. They just need social workers. They're too dumb to raise their kids. They just need help. We bring social workers into homes and parents to help them deal with how to raise their children. It's not that they don't want to help. They don't want. They don't know quite what to do. Yeah, it's dumbfounded. <laughs> they need our help. The Damn. white saviors to come. You know, in. I, are they going into homes right now too? I, don't know. I mean, he did say that. Yeah, I, I did mean, say that. I can't imagine how they'd be welcomed into homes. I'm sure they would be. He also said black people don't know how to use computers or the internet. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, for that. that. I, I yeah got a kick out of a video that a dude online posted. His black guy heard that. He, he plays the clip of Joe Biden talking about how black people don't know how to use the internet, <laughs> and then he yeah. like. Then he starts acting like a gorilla, hopping around his laptop, just like <laughs> punching it and slapping it. <laughs> By the way, just to be fair, uh, Joe Biden loves Hispanics, too. You know that. It's awful hard as well to get Latinx vaccinated as well. Why? They're worried that they'll be vaccinated and deported. <laughs> <laughs> That's a forgotten classic, yeah, isn't it? That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> the Latinx. Vaccinated and deported. Here, we're we're going to stick you with this needle and then send you back to Guatemala, you Latinx. Okay? <laughs> and the media just comes along with it. All right, you ready for your big three, Scott? I really do feel like I'm. Are you ready? One, two, three. at you all. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Seriously, who's got I <laughs> was saying more racist crap than Biden? Never. <laughs> you follow that? <laughs> them Latinxes. Latinx. <laughs> you blow your nose right into them. <laughs> they're, they're, they're afraid that that COVID vaccine is going to deport them somehow. Like, <laughs> what? Like it's a quantum leap shot brought to you by Pfizer. <laughs> well, all these different things used to be a career ender for a politician. And the media just covers for this clown. Okay.
Scott Robbins, trifecta, his top three of the day. I think Casey's ready. I'm ready. He is ready. Okay. Three. Uh, Number three, Burger King is facing a lawsuit. Yeah, they sustained a critical legal blow in a lawsuit alleging the company misled you hungry consumers about the size of their signature sandwich, the Whopper. Mm. Uh Uh-oh. Judge ruled that legal action can proceed against the fast food chain. Uh, 26-page lawsuit said Burger King was unable to shake customers' beef with the burger chain. They lost a bid to dismiss the lawsuit. U.S. District Judge Roy Altman said Burger King must defend against the claims that its depiction of the Whoppers on their in-store menu boards mislead reasonable customers, amounting to a breach of contract. According to them, on the board, it's approximately 35% larger in size and contains more than double the meat of the actual burger you get. The lawsuit also alleges the company began to materially overstate the size of their burgers and ads as far back as 2017. Mm. This is Michael Douglas and falling down. I want what's on the picture. <laughs> it's not uh, not that. I'm I'm sorry. I you, I was told this was Burger King, not Burger Prince Harry. <laughs> We're getting closer and closer to number one. The Scott Robbins trifecta, the top three of the day, up to number two. Number two, a Wisconsin senator is reimbursing taxpayers for travel. Yeah, Tammy Baldwin uh, to the list of hypocritical politicians. There are many. A uh, little questioning that was going on from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. We now know that Ms. Baldwin was playing both sides during the pandemic. Recently, she reimbursed taxpayers $630 for a trip she took from Madison to New York City, where her partner lives. Hmm. The trip was then extended for the weekend of November 5th through the 9th before she returned to D.C. Here's the kicker. She posted a video on Twitter just before Thanksgiving, nagging, I mean encouraging people, to do what they could to stop the spread of COVID-19. This is at the height of the pandemic. Thanksgiving holiday was coming on. Now, for her, it was fine to travel from Milwaukee to New York City, which she did on the taxpayer's dime. They found out about it. She's going to reimburse and apologized for her mistake. It was a real steal. (laughs) This got Robin's trifecta top three of the day up to number one. Hello? Uh, Number one, Roseanne Barr went after Rob Reiner. Uh, (laughs) Oh, really? There was a new poll out that said only 36% of Americans think the economy is doing just fine. Hmm. One of those people is Rob Reiner. (laughs) Rob said in a tweet, in another example of the most successful presidency in the last 60 years, Joe Biden has dramatically lowered the cost of prescription drugs. In 24, let's choose effectiveness and decency over lying and criminality. Roseanne Barr, of course, fired back with it as only she can. She said, hey, I have no caption because nothing I write can be as funny as what he just said. <laughs> I, I think it's real. They're really a lot of these, uh, you know, wealthy liberals are really telling on themselves with how they quickly are. they're willing to throw Obama under the bus. You know, that's an interesting point, David. And I thought about that the other day because he's not the only one that's been saying this. I know. It's like, what about your great savior? I thought he was the greatest president who ever lived. Right. They forget that he was bright and articulate and clean. Well, even Bill Clinton, who was the first black guy elected president, if you remember. (laughs) Remember that story? Of course. Yeah, even he gets thrown under the bus. 
for this feeble old man. And yeah. it's happened more than once. It's, hap- it's happening a lot. I've heard 30 years. Now, Rob Reiner wants to go back 60. Wow. Yeah. Bipartisan infrastructure again, which I yeah, guess that guy. Yeah, that guy. That guy. Yep. Best ever. Yep. And there you have it. <laughs> yes. Nothing can be as funny as Rob, what Rob Reiner says, though. Golly. You know what? Honestly, if it weren't for the trifecta, I would have no idea that Rob Reiner was still alive. Oh, he's still alive. Oh, he tweets all the time. I know. You report on him. He and Stephen King. (laughs) Yeah, they're all up. We've got Robin's trifecta. All right. Got to get to a news update. And Nimrod's in the news straight ahead. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Uh, Joe Biden making announcements about relief efforts, not only for the state of Florida, as the hurricane uh, hits the state, uh, but also about relief for uh, residents of Maui who suffered the horrific wildfire. Um, Here is part of what he said about uh, Maui in particular. I'm announcing that $95 million from the bipartisan infrastructure law is on the way to Hawaii. In fairness, infrastructure is kind of a hard word to say. Yeah, he's getting better at it. (laughs) He's... He'll stick to landing one of these days. Well, yeah. When I sign the bipartisan infrastructure again, which <laughs> yeah, is, yeah, I mean that's uh, improvement yeah, today. That, that well, it actually, it was. Yeah. From the bipartisan infrastructure law is on yeah. the way to Hawaii to harden the ground power, harden the grid. We talk about. I know when we start talking about the grid, the average American out there thinks, "What are we talking about?" Well, the, the ability to transmit electricity. No. Everybody understands. What I think mean. we get it by power grid. You yeah, say the grid. Yeah, we're going to yeah, strengthen the grid. Yeah. He is a time traveler. I'm convinced of it. <laughs> David's been right all along. He just went back to 1968. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you don't understand the grid. No, that, now it's 1868. Yeah. Got it. Uh, a lot of people don't understand what the grid is. You see, the grid is, brings electricity into your home. Now, what's electricity? Okay, I'm going to explain this to you. Unbelievable. He's standing up there with Mayorkas. And Lloyd Austin. Yeah. Secretary of Defense, Department of Homeland Security, and Biden. Failures. Seriously, have you ever known anyone in any of those jobs that have done a worse job than those three? No. And not even close. All right, we got to get to Nimrod's (laughs) role. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Ian. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's in the news. Start just outside St. Louis. The Quinta Inn. Here you get free breakfast. One of those places. Oh, yeah, yeah. You enjoy those. Yes, I do. Uh, well, this 35-year-old guy exposed himself in the breakfast area. Oh, no. His name, Kenny Johnson. <laughs> Approached a woman, then unzipped his shorts and just... You can't do that, man. He was arrested. Oh, uh, that's Nimrod's in the news. 